I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. Ella here with Benji presented by Zwift Always and their newly released Zwift Hub. I'm coming to you at the crack of dawn. Benji's had a busy work day as well. so that's why I sound like I am, because there was the Tour de France Grande Partenza. We're going to mix Italian, French, and English, which is basically that is, that is, I just, you know, speak one Romance language, Spanglish, <laughs> French, and Italian, and just that's how we work. Um, they released. Giro di Francia. The, exactly. Yeah, that's per <laughs> Giro di Francia. I like that. Um, they released the 2024 Grande Par on yesterday. And we weren't expecting it, so this is a little bit late, I guess, as a reaction pod. Um, but very early, over 18 months before, starting in Italy, three stages, we got the profiles, and they're not just cookie-cutter boring profiles either. That's particularly why I wanted to do this podcast. And there's also an interesting discussion about this race doesn't finish in Paris. It's the Olympics year. It finishes in Nice, but... This is coming across the border after stage three near Nice. So a lot of questions about this route, including why is Italy and more importantly, rich Italian cities, they're some of the fire, the engine rooms of Italy paying for Tour de France, Grande Partenza. Sort of interesting to think about. But Benji, you had, I said you were busy. What were you doing today? Why am I up so early? (laughs) Why are you up so early? Well, uh, I had a, a media thing in Belgium. Had to uh, had to talk to like the, the main commentator of Sporza or one of the main commentators of Sporza for a, an interview in a cycling magazine. So that's basically the story. But um, I prefer talking about the Tour de France parkour because there's actually quite a few things to uh, to see about it. To be honest, because these three stages, you said it, it's not the most traditional start of Grand Tour, but on the other end, it does apply to similar riders that the. Grand Departs of the Tour de France has applied to in recent days, I would dare to say. Because let's go back in time for a second. We had 2021, which had the Van der Poel, Mur de Bretagne, London, Noël, Philippe stages and so forth. 2022 started off with the time trial, but flat stage. So that's the, the generic old school start of a Grand Tour. But then this year, Basque Country, 2023 we are looking at a parkour that starts for the punchers once again. So once again, the Vanderpools, Alaphilippes of this world, the Wout van Aert, the Binyams of this world. And now we look at the 2024 parkour, and we see that the first stage is a crazy one. Like, I don't know how to classify that yet. I need to, like, I need to figure that one out. I need, like, months to, to figure that one out. But the second stage is definitely for the punchers, the third stage for the sprinters. But how about we go into each one of them in-depthly, right? Yeah, let's do that because, as Benji said, I didn't know they were. They did multiple international starts in a row. They're going Denmark, Basque Country, Italy, and they're kind of being cheeky. Because, I know the rule. Because oh, there's no transitions 
stage after stage three because they're border countries is allowed? It's non-adjacent countries that need to be X amount of years in between. Okay. Adjacent countries to the original country of the Grand Tour are allowed. So that's what Basque Country and Italy are allowed because they're literally next to it after Denmark, which was non-adjacent. No. And so what, Belgium, Germany, Switzerland would all be allowed to? And Technically, yes. Okay, understood. Before we get into the profiles, just to mention Zwift Hub, if you're looking for a late Christmas present purchase, the best price trainer on the market from 499 US, it will get you on Zwift training with a direct drive trainer which simulates altitude changes, tracks your power with good accuracy, the most well-priced trainer on the market, available in the US, UK, and Europe. No sweat setup. Delivered straight to your door. Comes with everything you need to get Zwifting in no time. Color-coded tutorials, easy-to-read manual, no terrible IKEA experience (laughs) on your Sunday. If this comes, you'll be up and running in no time. So if you want to get into Zwift, dive in, go to Zwift.com and check out the Zwift Hub it's a market game changer, in my opinion. Okay, stage one, starting in Florence, it goes up to Rimini, I think along a little bit along the coast. It is fucking hard. Like, I don't remember a Tour de France stage one being this hard. I know the Basque Country stage, yeah, it has the Cote de Piquet at the end this year in stage one, but that's more like stage two of, of 2024's Grand Depart. This has an 11K 5.7% climb in the first 50Ks and then has another five categorized climbs, which aren't like, normally you see like a collection of two kilometers at 4%. Or three kilometers at five percent max, and you know there's something for some guys to sprint for for the KOM. These are like seven k's, five percent, five k's, eight percent. This is a genuine medium mountain stage. If it was yep. in week two, I'd say break. It's two hundred six k's. It's a flat finish. The last sixteen k's are downhill or flat. The last climb seven k's, five percent. How does this sort of stage play out, Benji, as stage one, where it's not an obvious break stage? I think we might be able to look at, for example, 2020 for a second, which in the Tour de France had that second stage, which included the Col de Turini, if I remember right, with two times Col Des. I'm not 100% certain in there as well. That was also a really difficult start when it comes to the Grand Depart of a a Grand Tour, but this is a bit different because you've got once, first of all, there are shorter climbs. We're talking about those six kilometers, seven percent climbs, seven percent for seven kilometer climbs. And having those back to back to back to back to back every single time makes this also kind of an attrition kind of thing. Obviously, it's not completely like that. It's not 270 kilometers, but still over the 200 kilometer mark. I would say that how does this play out for GC? Because GC riders that aren't necessarily the GC kings of the world, they might be intrigued by a potential yellow jersey at the finish line. But on paper, if you look at this, then a Pogacar is fighting for it. Then 
the likes of uh, who Ogatra seems to be the favorite for the stage if it comes down to the peloton. But stage can Anna Philippe get over stage one? Can a, a Van der Poel or Wout van Aert get over stage one? Wout van Aert should be able to. Yeah, Van der Poel, I think, has the ability to as well. Um, these are still pretty draft heavy climbs. Like a U- UAE do have the team to explode this. Like Ulisi, I know it's in 18 months, so he's a bit older, but you know, Ulisi, Almeida, Formolo types, they have a lot of those, right? Mignalti on these sort of climbs is can do big numbers and it's stage Dubao. one. Yeah. He's Descent. the kind of rider that gets over these, descends, he can also do well, but he's also got that kick from a group. And I'm really looking for those riders, the riders you see in the likes of a a Basque country and Catalonia, those stages that are harder throughout the parkour, but still have a small group at the finish line, like 10, 15 riders at the finish line. That's what I'm kind of looking for if we're looking at a peloton thing here. Or are we looking at a larger peloton because it's day one? I don't think it'll be as selective just because that last climb still, uh, quick maths, 26Ks from the finish. It's only yeah. 5%. I know it's up and down all day. I think Wout van Aert's going to be the heavy, heavy favorite for the stage um, because Benoit should get over those as well. I think I think it'll be bigger. I think people will come back because say, like how is, say a group goes, right? Quite selective, 15 guys. Remco Solo. Remco Solos, well, he will be here, hopefully. <laughs> exactly. Unless he has to keep, you know, maybe they'll start him when he's 28. Um, <laughs> he, he'll he be here. Will he go solo? I don't think he will. I don't think he will. That meant they'll be like slowly, slowly with the, the strategy. They won't want to do anything like that because, you know, if he drops in later weeks, then people will say he went out too hard. He won't, I don't think he'll attack here. Could you have a satellite rider? Will other teams let that happen in the first 50Ks? You know, if UAE try to get Solaire up the road, Solaire could win this from the break. We should break is possible because it's going to be hard to control the break. Yep. Like all day, who's going to take responsibility? Yumbo. Probably we looked at to do it. Like we'll, it's not like Denmark where all the sprint teams like Lotto and Quickstep had to help them because they had no choice. Like will Alperson help them on this stage? Or UAE, maybe. But yeah, it could be difficult to control and maybe the break does win with a Magnus Court, Mark Soler. Do you really want to blow your team up to, I don't know, if you're trying to win green and yellow? Probably because you should because the yellow jersey's on offer. But I think the break does have a chance. Could we see a break... uh a GC rider already lose time on stage like this because it's hard enough to be able to have like one guy that has a bad day and already fall through the cracks in some shape or form. We're talking about losing a minute, losing two minutes. That can happen on stage like this, especially in the first week of a Grand Tour. So there's also the danger that way. Now, I think there's also abilities in this parkour to go for moves with like 40k out on that Code de San Leo, but the problem is because it's stage one, I'm not expecting that. If this is towards the end of week two, start of week three, in week three somewhere, then we could see a raid on parkour like this. It's that difficult on the third last and second last climb that there's stuff like that possible. But on day one, I doubt anyone's going to risk that except perhaps at Emco. And it wouldn't shock me 
if Remco's crazy enough with the yellow on offer, his first day at the Tour de France, to try and at least one attack somewhere to try and go long. Because this parkour is the parkour where he could actually pull it off. I think, I mean, this has got to be 3,500 meters elevation, 206 Ks, one of the hardest opening stages. And, uh, you know, maybe we don't get fireworks, but yeah, it does give something to someone like Remco or Pagacha to to work with. Ultimately, I think it will be end up being a larger group, maybe 25, 30, maybe even bigger. Um, and Major? I think, well, I mean, yeah, maybe like theoretically, right? Like, yeah, shouldn't he shouldn't he theoretically win stage one or be top three of stage one of the tour this year? But like, I'm not sure about should. this year. But 2024, I think it might be because I think it's harder in 2024 than in 2023, and he might lose more punchers on that 2024 parkour. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, positioning will he go? Pidcock GC, I don't know. But I think it will ultimately be a larger group, and the question is more whether Yumbo can keep Pedersen behind. Is what yep. I'm thinking. Um, this is quite similar to the Dauphiné. If I have to look at that Dauphiné stage that Wow beat Hader in uh, mm-hmm. this year, I think that was a little bit harder or maybe like every Dauphiné stage was just so hard. Poor Gronewegen had to do that. <laughs> and, uh, oh, wow, one, two stages. That's not very helpful. Uh, that was 200Ks. Nah, it had like one climb. Anyway, I think probably Yumbo will be happy with that stage opener. Stage two from Cesenatico, where it's the hometown of Pantani, up to Bologna. So, I mean, we got some good... We might have to do a food tour, Benji. Florence, Bologna, Turin, like... This is the My orders, bit. pasta bolognese, pasta bolognese, pasta bolognese. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm a basic bitch, I'm sorry. You know, in Bologna, they don't do a spaghetti. It's Ooh. with... Uh, like tortellini is better. Don't worry. That's in fine. Bologna, the food in Bologna is fucking so good. It's cracked. Um, <laughs> this is a flat start, I think, from Chesonatico. So they're not doing the um, Carpegna climb <laughs> like they did in Torreno. That'd be a bit mental on stage two. Not as much elevation gain. 200 Ks again. And they do the famous San Luca climb. They have a couple of 1300 meter 10% climbs earlier in the stage, but. The last third of the stage is a couple of circuits of that famous San Luca climb. With as Benji's told me, he's checked it's not the same as Giro Emilia circuit, where they do the descent straight into the climb again. This has 10Ks of flat between, including 10Ks of flat off the bottom. I, I would have liked this to finish on top of San Luca. I think that would have been mm-hmm. crazy. The fans would have been crazy. Like mental, it would have been Van der Poel against Alaphilippe. It would have been Murder Britannia again. I would have liked that uh, rather than, you know, but do, do you think still someone can go away on top of that climb and hold it? Because then there's the little ridge for 3Ks, then the descent for 10Ks plus flat. Uh, I think I think that's tough. It's not that hard a stage. I think it's especially tough because of the plateau section on top of plateau section. We're talking about a small descent going into a one kilometer, 5% climb on top of the Bologna San Luca climb already. So we're talking about 
a space on that climb where the tempo for riders, if like three riders get away, they might start looking at each other on top. And that's when it becomes a problem for them because people behind will try and get back to them. Now, on the other end, if they are gone, then they might be able to keep that going while others are struggling mentally behind. 10 seconds behind, for example, that gun might increase a bit before they go into the descent. But for me, this reminds me mostly of that stage in the Tour de Suisse 2021 where Mathieu van der Poel ended up winning. I think Wout Pools was really strong in that stage as well with the Lichtstrasse climb. I think that was 2.4 kilometers at 8.3%. This is 2 kilometers at 9.7%. I think this is a very similar scenario where people are going to be waiting for that last Bologna to try and hammer the shit out of it. And then on top, it's going to be Vanderpool trying to hold on to the punchers like in Alaphilippe will try and go very early on on that climb. Uh, the likes of, uh, well, the thing is, if Remco Evenepoel is leader here, will Alaphilippe be going from the bottom? Well, that's the big question, yeah. Or they could play the one-two. Like, they should bring both and they, they should be able to find a strategy that, that works. Um, yeah. Like what you don't do is have, if Alaphilippe goes and he's with Polk and he's got a 50% chance of winning the sprint, he works with Polk. Um, I don't think that's a great idea. But, um, <laughs> and I'm not saying Alaphilippe would. I think he's, you know, he was a great teammate for Remco and Vuelta uh, until he crashed. But yeah, they, they could find a way for that to work. Again, it's, it's steeper, so while shorter than stage one, the, the gradient really matters here in, in riders getting separation. I think this is right on the limit for Vanderpool. Yeah. And Tour de Suisse didn't have Pog. Well, he was also on the limit there. He was exactly. also on the limit of the, on the climb. And it was the descent that kept him on. And then afterwards, he was able to still manage to ride away. And... That did it did have Alaphilippe, right? It did have him? Yeah, it did. I think yes, um, because they have an Matthews. So. <laughs> but there was no Poggy. There was no Wow. There was no yeah. Roglic. I think... Uh, I actually don't know what will happen here. It's it really a lot of options. I, no break. They'll get brought back. Pidcock? Very much possible. Sense- At least two stages are Pidcock worthy. The descent is really Pidcock, right? If he yeah. and someone will work with him, and he can beat them in the sprint. I think Pidcock's a really good chance here, and that's sort of the hater point. It's like you got to be in for Pidcock here. Um, I don't know. Yeah. This has many options. Someone attacks on the climb, stays away. A small group of three attack on the climb, they stay away. That group finesses, they get caught by a group of maybe ten, twelve behind. And then someone sprints, nothing happens, break wins. Or maybe a group, again, Yamba Visma, well, can WoW attack on this climb? Like, do Yumbo just do the Calais train and just fucking launch this climb? I'd have it's to look at like the, the arch, right? When you turn left. On paper, it is. I'd have to look at the in depth feeling of the climb itself the running towards the climb whether there's possibilities there if it's like super straightforward then no but on paper i I think it's not super straightforward into the bottom of the climb so i think there's a possibility for that indeed but now that they've done it in calais now that they've done it in Pyrenees, at some point the competition will have to say well 
maybe this should work for us or maybe we should actually notice that this is possible because like yeah, but... this is a stage where it's pretty obvious that punches are going to try and do something on that climb so positioning will be key at the bottom while in the Calais stage a lot of teams were not finding it very obvious and we're still considering the stage to be a sprint compared yeah. to this stage where it's more obvious that it's going to be before for the they punchers. turned right before yeah. they turned right when the, on, at the coast in Calais it was all the sprinters teams pacing Yumbo weren't doing anything. Oh, maybe they were, but um, with Nath and Van Hooydonk. But yeah, you're, maybe Matching goes up to Virgaard, Staker Lang, and he's like, listen, Virgaard, I know they got Wout and Van Hooydonk and Laporte and Van Baaler and Bonneau, but we got you, and I'm going to need you to do a 30K pull <laughs> before this climb and, and keep probably in good position. The thing is, you're right. If you're Poggy, you just sit on UAE, uh, sit on Yumbo train. Like that's the answer. Why um, are we not mentioning Ayuso for any of these two stages? True, Ayuso. I, as the biggest Ayuso stand in the world, that's pretty remiss of me. Probably because it's so <laughs> far away. I forgot how far away it is that he'll be actually able to do this race and be the favorite for it. Obviously, after he's won the Vuelta this year, um, <laughs> in twenty three, he'll win the Vuelta. Yeah, like he's got a mean sprint, a mean sprint for a, a GC guy like Pog and this could be the first I think Pog might not be here Benji I think Pog is Giro 2024 yeah so I think he might not be here I think it's That's so true. Time. don't you reckon he's kind of he's flirting with the Giro yeah and he he, yes. he always does an Italian schedule outside of the tour Torreno Lombardia Strada this year I think he wants to do the Giro I think so as well. Depends on whether the sponsor allows him to do that. Because while he does probably have a, a solid opinion there, I think it's still the money that will will count in that aspect. Now, Binyam's also a name that I want to write if down. If Ayuso is good enough, it helps that. That's true. Because that's they can true. send Ayuso TDF. Yeah. But Binyam I'd write down for the Bologna stage as well. For sure. Knowing that he can get over that climb and he can finish it off at the end. So I'm going to wing it. I'm Hold going to... Thought. This is Laguelia, is it not? Yes. 2K, 8 to 10%, technical-ish, fast Italian descent on a circuit, and then there's actual flat. So it's not like Emilia. It's like Laguelia, which is the race Baby Binny was really good at. in (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, in 2020 when everyone just ignored his existence when he was on Nippo. Okay, it's a little different. It's a little different, but the point is (laughs) Binny. Baby Binny. Um, fuck, he was good on Delco. Um, yeah, that's a great call. He should be able to get around this. I I don't think he can go with the premium punchers if they send it on San Luca, though. And Maybe. I also worry about positioning. In 2024, he might. Eh? We need to keep in mind that there's potential growth between now and riders, and some riders might be able to grow yep. in those next year and a half towards this. So... By all means, there might be a new puncher. Like, Axel Laurence might have become like the new Alaphilippe at that point, which I doubt, but... Gregoire. Romain Gregoire might be there. You're yeah, not wrong. I expect him to be. Yeah. Like, no maybe Alaphilippe falls all off. Punching away? It's tough, eh? When you, yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Maybe learning on stage one. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see glorious FDJ train for Gregoire. That would be sick. I Actually, man, I'm getting excited. That's a great parkour, <laughs> isn't it? Like, no offense to the Denmark start, but it was uh, 
The bridge, man. I the mean, bridge. Come on. The bridge. The bridge. Is, <laughs> uh, you know, right inside behind the scenes, we were planning on going to the Danish Grande Path, but then we just got so overworked. We went to the Giro, and then the agent drive. Like I just, well, like, I can't do it because the Tour de France is busy enough for us as it is. And then the plan would have been to make like a video, and my video would have been the title on YouTube, the bridge that will change the Tour de France 2022. <laughs> I was going to do I was going to have drone shots. I was going to ride across it. I was going to be like, this bridge, this bridge, right? Crosswind is going to come across. It's going to be pinned, and it's going to explode the race. This bridge, you've never seen anything like it, right? Imagine if I'd done that video, and then they get to the bridge, and they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was a crash and Guerrero and they fell off the edge, but um, <laughs> fucking hell. So, yeah, that one, I wouldn't have long run views, I don't think. <laughs> anyway, um, what we haven't mentioned for these first two stages is KOM, which will be, because I've reminded of court targeting KOM, which will be fiercely contested. Like, there's going to be a mega battle. Let's say they're categorized on stage one. Sorry to go back to it. That climb is a cat two. You know, that's a fair chunk of points. That's not a cat four. There's going to be a mean battle in the breakaway for guys going for KOM um, on that stage. But anyway, stage three is not that. It has three categorized climbs. They'll all be cat threes or four. No, sorry. They'll all be cat fours, except maybe the last one, cat three. It's from Piacenza to Torino. It's a sprint stage. The longest climb is 2.4 Ks, 5.2%. 50 Ks from the finish, then it's a flat finish. So it'll be finishing in an Italian city. Some technical stuff, I would assume. Sagan will love it. 3 Ks over 200 Ks, a 230 K stage to finish in Turin. Uh, Turin. It's just a pure sprint stage, Benji, really. Yeah, I think so as well. I haven't looked in depthly at the um, at the last few kilometers, as in whether there's like roundabouts, whether there's like a slide uphill towards the finish line. We'll get that closer towards we uh, move towards this ground tour. But we also got to keep in mind there's a lot gonna be changed by this point in the in the lives of the uh, of the cycling. Eh? We've got the factor that you might see a Sheffield at the start of this, the likes of a Turner at the start of this. Quinn Simmons might have actually become a rider that doesn't only fight for Tirreno KOM points. So there's going to be so much change between here and then that... Koi could um, be on Intermarche. DSM. Yeah, Koi could be on... Yeah, exactly. So he much. Should be. Wow. Can't wait. Ooh, I love cycling. I'm getting excited. Must to the Giro, mate. Oh, this year. Oh, 23. Or oh, next in 24. 2023. Yeah, Yumbo just announced it. Pringles to the Giro with Wilco, probably as his domestique. And then I assume Bowman, who won two stages, will go. I haven't watched the Prezzo yet. I was when I was. It was overnight, as I said, very early. I'm committed to the to the grind. Um, likes and reviews of the pod appreciated for pre-Christmas grind. Um, <laughs> yeah, Robert to the Giro. Will Yumbo win all three Grand Tours or zero are, Grand Tours? It's it's boom or bust, it. isn't it? We can talk it on the uh, about it on the Yumbo Visma preview that we True. still haven't done, so should be coming soon. But I, I will already uh, give the give the spoiler that I agree. If he doesn't win that Giro, Jesus Christ, his GC f- fight is going to be seen as useless. 
Well, <laughs> I think he should do the tour. Um, I think so too. But we yeah. talk about it because because I, I think he can win it. I, I already said it. like my tweet after the root reaction reveal that wasn't a joke. Like I think he can win it, and if you want to win the tour, you gotta start. That's like <laughs> that's why that's why I did all the consultancy work this year. I was like, listen, if you want to win the race with this rider, he has to complete all the stages <laughs> with the lowest amount of cumulative time. <laughs> this is this is why people listen to our podcast. It's like the next level analysis. Like if yeah, you know, want to win the crazy. race, you gotta cross the start line first. <laughs> <laughs> exactly um okay so that was the first three stages i'm obviously quite excited by it i'm also excited for the bass country stages um the interesting part of this is the tour de france finishes in nice because of the olympics in paris in 2024 and the last stage will be a time trial not a cake walk or ceremonial stage in paris um that time trial, I assume, will be quite hilly because they will not just be on the coast. So it will be have a few hills in it. Cold airs. That's not the point. Cold airs, exactly, cold airs. But that's not the point. Nice is like the closest city in France to Turin, except for maybe Lyon. But you cross the border from Turin, there won't be any need for a transition day. Near Nice. So where do they go from there? Because they're coming back there to finish. Do they go north through the Alps? immediately for stage four five and six like what are they doing or do they go left sort of circumvent the alps then come back through alsace-lorraine they like to go to alsace-lorraine like every year for planche de belfi or something like that right they always seem to maybe pay like how do they how do they manage that is the tour gonna go is the tour gonna skip the north of france again for a second year running like surely they can't be shocking it wouldn't be shocking if they skipped the north of France, in my opinion, because it's not necessarily, it hasn't necessarily been in every single Tour de France anyway. So they skip it quite a few times in their history. But I think there's many options to where they can go from that area. Now, my geography is not perfect, but I'm pretty sure that you're in this. You can either go to the Alps, you can go to the Pyrenees if you want. It's also relatively close. Or you can go like to Massif Central, that area. I don't know if, if that's called Massif Central, but like the thing between Pyrenees and the Alps, like to the, the left top on the map, they you can could. also go there. But they go to the Alps in week one of the Tour de France 2023. Will they repeat that already in 2024? It's an option. Yeah, but then they tend to make it soft because they don't want to blow the race apart, um, which I don't like that. Then do they... Do like the long, you can do long transition stages from like Montpellier to Luce region. There's plenty of yeah. flat there, some rolling climbs. So maybe they can do that. And then maybe they're going to finish not near Nice and then they'll have the big transfer before stage 20, but one. But that's normally the big transfers, normally before the final sprint stage. Like in, it's a sprint stage in Rome in Giro next year, right? It's not a TT and they have the big transfer and then normally it's the big transfer well it wasn't even that big from an australian's perspective from rocamador to paris this year in the tour de france i thought i was like four and a half hours no problem um (laughs) after the rise probably didn't feel that way but i don't know it's it'll be really interesting where they go what why is the giro what sorry not giro why are italian cities prestigious ones too, Florence, Turin, Bologna, international names 
paying for a Tour de France Grand Depart, Benji. Is this a slap in the face of the Giro? And this would have been decided years ago, by the way. This wasn't like last six months. These Grand Departs are years in the negotiation, big money involved. You know, probably start talking 2018 or 2019. Why are these cities getting a Grand Depart when they already have the Giro in their own country? Isn't it simply that the Tour de France is such a significant race? much bigger, eclipsing the Giro multiple times. And for that reason that they're intrigued by that, next to having Giros in the past, because Bologna has done a Giro in 2019. So it's not even that long ago that it started in Bologna. So Bologna has worked with RCS before. So I think because they've worked with RCS and they continue to work with RCS most likely, RCS probably won't feel like they just got slapped in the face by Bologna. But some other cities might perhaps have have pissed in the mouths of RCS, for example. but. I don't know. I because that's money from the tourism board of the local government, not yep. going to the to RCS essentially for you know a Grand Depart there. And yeah, anyway, interesting the sort of dynamics or politics of of pro cycling. Um, but yeah, Tour de France is remains king for better or worse um, yep. to the sport. I'll be interested to see where the Tour de France firm starts actually in twenty twenty four. I wonder when they'll announce that. Um, whether they'll start, like when will they be able to sell, which will be good for the race, when will they be able to sell an international Grand Grand Depart for the Tour de France time of Swift? In um, Japan. That kind of be sick. Or in the it US. would be amazing because there's actually a proper cycling culture, but yeah. the transitioning week the transfer, has to be existent. Yeah. Like in between stage <laughs> two and three, there's like a week. Did a transfer. <laughs> for the jet lag. <laughs> anyway, this Start looks really good. I'm in favor of it. We'll probably be battered with pure sprint stages in, you know, stages four to eight, but that's what you get. Um, I'm excited to see some new punchers against some old punchers Wait. against uh, some reduced no. sprinters on these stages. We're going to have an extra sprint stage in the third week before the final time trial now because the time trial is on stage 21. We're going to have like yeah, stage two, 17 two and 19 flat stages, or yeah. something. Yeah. Oh. Oh, it is what it is. Anyway, let us know what you think about it. Do you like it starting in Italy? Um, we thought we'd do a quick reaction pod. I enjoyed it. Thanks for all your support this year. We've got the Q&A pod coming, UAE and Yumbo previews, holding them over the special ones before TDU, and we'll see you in the next one. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 